and welcome to series two of Is This Seat Taken? I am so excited to be back in your ears after a hiatus. I'm Amy Meadows, I am a producer, project manager, working across theatre, film and live events and this is my podcast Is This Seat Taken? where I speak to incredible people about moving around, and the impact that changing places has on culture, community, and the way that we conduct ourselves. I'm so excited to share the first episode of series two with you, with the inimitable, the outstanding Somalia Seaton. Somalia is a storyteller, working extensively across theatre, TV, and film. Her work has been produced by various British theatres, including the Royal Shakespeare Company and the Royal Court. She teaches on the Royal Court's prestigious Intro to Playwriting group, as well as leading masterclasses for several theatre and educational institutions. Somalia is passionate about helping people to cultivate their imaginations and reclaim their narratives. Having long known the transformative power of the written word, she incorporates her skills both as a writer and intuitive writing coach to encourage others to forge ahead with bringing pen to paper, particularly those that are yet to recognise that we are all, indeed, creative souls by design. She has several projects in development for stage, screen and audio platforms and is very excited for the next cohort of writers that she will support in her one-to-one clinics. Speaking to Somalia is like balm for your soul. And I'm so grateful that she took the time to speak to me to kick off series two. So I hope you enjoy this episode. So I have family in New York. I've always loved New York. Um, When I was younger, I said um, that I'd really love to live in New York. And I I didn't know why I was saying it. Like a lot of things that happen. Um, I just said, I want to live in New York. And so last year, um, April, my husband was asked to come here to work in, in his company's New York office um, and he'd never been here before um, so he came here, I had some spare time with work so I came over with him, we hang out with some of my friends here, with my family here and um, he loved it and um, we were walking on the Brooklyn Bridge one day and he just stopped and he just said, I, I really love this place. Like, I, I could live here. I was like, yeah, of course. Everyone wants to live in New York. Like, of course you can live here. What did you think was going to happen? Um, and then I left him here and I, I came back to London for work. And then the very day that he returned, we went out for lunch and we sat outside. Um, we were in Greenwich. I'm just going to set the scene. It was in Greenwich, and it was near. It was nearing sunset, which is a reoccurring theme for him and I. Mm-hmm. And um, we were looking out over the uh, the Thames, and um, he said, he, "He said, you know, I'm going to go into work on Monday, and I'm going to ask um, if there's anything that's going to come up in New York." And I said, "What? You want to move to New York?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to move to New York." And I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's like, I have a whole life here. I can't just leave. I'm not just going to leave. And it was really funny. I just completely blocked this idea when I had been the one that was always like, you know, I would love to live in another country and da-da-da-da. And I very much said I'd love to live in New York when I was younger. 
and then he goes into work and a sequence of auspicious events took place over the following two weeks. One being he went in and he was told that um, basically I won't give the whole preamble because it's not entirely my business to share but just like one minute there was nothing and then the next minute there was a job. Wow. <laughs> um, and it happened really, really quickly. So um, I think from speaking to his boss to approval was probably like a couple of months, which is kind of unheard of. Oh, Just things that, that he didn't know were on the table before. Um, and we were gone by the end of the year. We came to New York in April. We moved in December of the same year. Mm. And he came back to London after April, knew that he very much wanted to move to New York, put the request in, and suddenly everything kind of conspired. We were supposed to move in October. We had some issues with that, and then we've gone in December. Um, and yeah, so really it's because of his work. Yeah. <laughs> um, or is it? <laughs> you know? Because things just happened really 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 quickly and without effort mm. and I really pay attention to that the things that happen in my life with minimal efforting mm. and if that is such a testament to to that pattern that I continue to become more and more aware of mm. Mm. and you know, time for your first New York Christmas that must have been yeah, but then we didn't we didn't <laughs> interesting this theme of like blocking stuff um but we went to stay with family in florida for christmas and we were exhausted we had been in the country for like four days <laughs> migrates to another country and then just decides to go somewhere else like I, it's just insane and that's what we did and we paid for it because <laughs> like we paid for it energetically because mm. we needed to settle down Everything that year in 2019 happened very quickly for us and um, we needed to be still mm. and we ignored that, or rather I ignored that. I was like, no, let's go, let's go here. Da, 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 da. Yeah. America's not that big, let's just go to Florida. <laughs> Absolutely, it is, right? <laughs> then, and then, yeah, so then we, we were in temporary place for a while and then we moved. And then I found that I needed to come back to London. So I was only really in New York for under two months before I had to return to London unexpectedly with work. Mm -hmm. And then I find out that there's going to be a travel ban because obviously, you know, COVID is kind of brewing by that time. And so then I have to leave work early in London and rush back just before I think I got back on the day of the travel ban. Gosh. And yeah. <laughs> wow. That I mean that that is that is intense because and did did you know when you found out about that travel ban that did you know that you were gonna try and get back to New York? Was that very clear in your head? He was here, you know? he was here and like I knew that I just knew well, I mean I wasn't gonna be in quarantine on my own and, mm. Mm. and so yeah, it wasn't a question and, and plus, you know, I was I was in um I was in rehearsals in London and the theatres were closing. So, you know, we didn't know. I think on the Friday, 
this is how quickly it happened. I had been in all day on in Friday at the theatre, and there were murmurs that, that something may happen on the Monday, but no one was clear on this. By the Saturday, I was lying in bed, exhausted, and my phone was pinging. And the first was my husband, like, you need to get home because they're going to close the borders. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> then I get or like a string of text messages about like everything's cancelled the following week, um, work-wise. And I'm like, what does everyone know that I don't? <laughs> like, go online, you know, um, it, you know, everything was just kind of breaking that weekend. So I think yeah. it was like middle of March. That's when things were, all these decisions were being put in place. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It was so intense how quickly it all happened. And yeah. how, how has that, and, and the fact that you were kind of yo-yoing backwards and forwards and haven't, hadn't really had a period of time in New York to settle outside of lockdown in a pandemic. Like, how has that changed your feeling or your relationship with New York up to this point? So fascinating. You know, if I've learned anything, how has it changed it? Let me stick to this question. There's a projection, right? There's always a way that we, we've we view a space or a place, a country, whatever it is, and our proximity to it. So this, you know, I've always found New York kind of, I'm doing this with my eyes, even though no one's gonna see this, but <laughs> like, it's dazzling. It's, mm. it, it can be really exhausting if you, you interact with it at the frequency that it, 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 it um, requires you to. Mm. You have to set your intentions with New York because it, the energy is like a constant surge of electricity. And that, for me personally, is not healthy. Mm. And so I think that coming here, I was like really clear that I needed to do that. And whilst also being quite apprehensive about how quickly I needed to form community because it could be a very lonely city as well. Mm. And all of these things that I had to do, I mean, and I'm like, I have to find healthcare really quickly, we have to find a permanent place to live really, really quickly, have to form a community really, really quickly, we have to be really, really active so that we can like integrate and like, you know, get on with our life, get all these things we've got to do, and da, 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 all in my chest, all in my throat, right? Mm -hmm. And because all of that was taken out of our hands, and because everything was closing down, the energy of New York that I think we all associate with it is absolutely different. The spirit of the people is very clear and very strong here. That doesn't change. But the energy, that surge of electricity that I talk about has subsided. Mm. And in a way, has allowed us to really sit still and in ourselves. And in hindsight, I mean, if you spoke to me a couple of months ago, I would probably describe this really differently, but now in this space that we find ourselves in when we're just about like we're almost like we're just we're just opening we're unfurling and the rest of society is unfurling um i realized how great it's been to slowly find our way here mm. and that means that we've really not traveled outside of where we live like we've really only been in our neighborhoods we've really only frequent in the same stores you know mm -hmm. and that feels really really important had we not had 
this insane thing that's happened to us all. I don't know that I would have allowed myself the space to, to like slow down. So I think in that respect, I've been able to see parts of this city, even though I haven't maybe physically walked around as much as I would like to, I've been able to appreciate a part of this city that I don't know if I would have appreciated without this slowness and this stillness. Mm. So it's almost like you've planted just in a really localised area. Yeah. And there's something quite romantic about that, actually. <laughs> romantic capital R. Um, <laughs> of, of really getting to know your area and, and have you managed to connect with the people around you? Are there, I don't know, are there socially distanced things happening in parks or? There are, there were more things happening over the last, like, I'd say month, three weeks. Um, you know, we're not doing as many of those things that I would have imagined we would. And also, I just don't feel pushed to. I feel, to answer your question, yes, there are those things happening. Mm. People are just, Americans are always surprised when I say this, but I find people from New York so approachable and so uh, accommodating. There's a real sense mm. of community, even though there are many little pockets of community and not all of them are integrated. Mm-hmm. I still feel um, that people see me and people will help me and mm-hmm. people will give me tips everywhere I go. Someone wants to give me a tip mm. or advice, uh, where to, a restaurant to eat in. Well, I mean, we're not going to be doing that, but like before in the old world, a restaurant to eat in uh, or just a place to walk or just give me some history, information about neighbourhoods, like people are accommodating with their time mm. and in a way that I don't think we are in London. And there are so many people that will contest what I'm saying here. <laughs> um, but I have found, I have found New York to be as a foreigner and as someone that really still doesn't know this city. I found people to be really kind and accommodating. I had to have surgery on my, um, really minor surgery on my knee mm. not too long ago. And like a colleague of my husband's like, was the first person to want to offer to pick us up from hospital so that we weren't so exposed traveling around the virus and so that he didn't have to worry about me so much. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> why is he so nice to us? Why? <laughs> And it, just like little things like that, there have been so many examples of people just really just offering themselves. Mm. Um, and when I first, yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, I love people that. Very mm. And that's 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 such a testament. Like there's a oh, there's a poem. Is it? Um, oh my word, this is terrible. But it's um, on the grounds of Tintin Abbey. Is that Wordsworth? I think it's Wordsworth. And he talks about small, unremembered acts of kindness and of love. And I keep coming back to that all through this period of time because it is the smallest things that seem to have made a difference. And, you know, it's those tiny gestures of like, you know, if you need an onion and someone comes by and delivers an onion on your front door and you know on your porch and 
I don't know, it's just those tiny things. And if you've managed to do that in a new place with people that you don't even know that well, I can imagine it's even more heightened in terms of how it's received. And the community spirit of this area is beyond me. Like there were just so many um, missions taking place. There were so many people showing up for the most vulnerable members of community. And I know that's happening throughout the world. It's just some, it's really quite something to behold here. There is, there are so many opportunities for us to be part of this community and to help. And um, I, I, yeah, I'm just constantly galvanized. Mm. Even the days that I do not leave my um, apartment, like, I'm still so galvanized. I can look outside my window and I'm still so galvanized by what I can see happening. So, yeah. And what is that doing for your creativity? If you're in kind of writing mode, does it fluctuate quite a lot? Do you feel like your changing environment is... How how is it affecting your creativity? I think um, I... Um, becoming bolder and clearer of my intention. You, everybody that I had known that has lived in New York gave me variations of the following two bits of advice. One being to set my intention every single time I leave my residence. Like, be very clear because otherwise the rest of the city will set the, <laughs> will set it for you. And it may not always be in the way that you need it to be. The other is that as an extension of that is a need to very quickly declare who the hell you are. Because this city, there's something about it. Again, it's this surge of what I was referring to as electricity. That word feels redundant. This surge of, I'll just say, the surge of energy that, that runs, that pulsates through the city that requires you to show up fully. And it doesn't require you to be agreeable. There is a boldness and I can appreciate that part of this may be a projection having been British and grown up in London my whole life. <clears throat> but it is backed up by many also that have lived here that are Brits. Um, that this city just finds a way of reaching down inside you and pulling out your truth and regurgitating it out of your mouth. In a way that my personal experience of home in London can punish you for. Mm. So I think... Oh, say that again. That's really... That's I don't know if you remember yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like New York reaches down into your soul and it pulls out your truth and, and pushes it out of your mouth. And it requires you to show up and do that. So every space you walk into, my, my sense of that and the advice I was given to show up and tell my truth and just know who I am. Mm. 
know who I am is the advice. And what it has done to me is reach down into me and, and bring the truth out of my mouth. Mm. And I don't believe that British culture makes room for us to, uh, it doesn't cultivate truth telling. The very fibers of British culture do not require truth telling. The very makeup of British culture requires people to forget. And it requires people to, um, you know, we talk a lot about British culture being reserved and we're polite. And I don't know how much of that I actually buy anymore. I used to say it all the time. I used to say the difference between American culture and British culture is that we're reserved and um, Americans are not. Americans will tell you what they think. Mm. And I would make these sweeping statements all the time and there are so many different kind of cultures throughout the States here, but I don't believe that necessarily British culture is reserved anymore. I think it's controlling. And I think it's, it relies on our ability to want to be seen as agreeable to stop us from saying the things that are true. And of course, there are so many beautiful parts of, of, of I would say, London identity. <laughs> um, but one of the, the biggest contrasts for me, and I noticed very quickly, was my uncomfortability here with needing to fully show up. And I'm saying this as someone that likes to talk about showing up in space and being really confident and I'm someone that very much um, presents as a truth teller and presents as someone that is not interested in being agreeable but I am very much um, well versed in how conditioned um, I have been and parts of me continue to be with the culture of agreeability and of holding your truth in order to survive. I'm saying a lot and I'm losing my train of thought, so I'm not sure if I'm being clear. It's interesting but. because how it's fascinating that a change of place and a change of environment and and over such a short period of time, and don't let me put words in your mouth, but can feel so liberating yeah and frightening and exciting and overwhelming and all of that because it's challenging you to really take stock of who you are and who you want to be and who you are in this place and when your London identity isn't the most important part of you anymore because you're not physically there how you know what what is left when that's peeled back and you're in a new environment and you can reinvent yourself if you want to well you know it's funny because actually what it has done is made my london identity really important to me it's actually about how i reclaim that identity and i say reclaim it because it was always there until it was kind of knocked out of me like wind mm. and i would say that as in you know my experience through school and my experience you know in the industry i mean pretty much was doing the same thing, which was inviting me to show up and be honest and truthful and then denying my experience. 
And the thing is about certainly New York culture, but American culture as well, is that people don't take kindly to you denying their experience. They're going to tell you that you're denying their experience. They're going to tell you that you're gaslighting them. They're going to tell you that they're not having that. And because we we view British culture as so reserved and polite, it's frowned upon. Even in the silence, even when people invite you to be honest, it's actually frowned upon or it makes people uncomfortable to really show up and, and share your experience. And I guess, you know, I'm saying all of this with the backdrop of, of this huge shift that we find ourselves in globally. I find it remarkable that I have moved country at the same time as this because there's a movement, there's a shift that's happening within me. And there is a shift that's happening globally. And there is obviously the physical shift of moving to another country. And I can, I can see all the links to that for me personally. Mm. It's really forced me to sit and, and think about how I show up in the world and how I think I show up in the world and how other people think I'm showing up in the world when actually my experience is being very different. Mm. And so there's, just, there's a lot in that. I think this place makes me want to be bolder. It, it, it's already made me bolder. It's made me clearer of intention. I wouldn't say actually that it's made me. It has, um, it has um, laid some of the foundations to cultivate that um, transition to continue. Mm. They won't make anything. <laughs> and what do you think your, your next steps in New York are? Like what does New York hold for you next? Um, what's it hold for you next? I think there's going to be a lot of community building here. And I think there will be births from that. And, and that's all I know, to be honest. And I also am so clear that I'm going to write so well here. Because how the hell can you not? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, that's the spine, right? Like community building and making art. It's like, where can you, you can't go wrong. It's, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, I think especially coming out of this time, it's like everything's so reflective that you, it's almost like whatever comes out of this period of time is the next wave of kind of renaissance for society and culture like it's there is going to be such a shift I hope in what we talk about and how we talk about it and I mean I can only really relate to the to the UK culture side of things but I I hope that some of what you've been talking about some of that you know being encouraged to hold back and be reserved I I hope that we can break through I think, I, you know, I feel that happening in UK culture. Um, there are conversations that just would never have happened before. It's absolutely unheard of that the conversations would happen in the way that they are across industries. Mm. And it's both a painful and galvanising thing all at once. And um, um, to, be, to be part of that in one of the, you know, arts and cultural centres of the world just feels so exciting to me yeah um oh, i'm i'm i can't wait to see what 
what comes from Somalia Seaton next. It's going to be, it's going to be. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of post-it notes right now, but you know. This is the hobby that I put myself in is that the only clear wall space. (laughs) (laughs) And okay. So my question that I ask everyone is what does home mean to you? Like where is home to you? I'm writing about that at the moment. Home to me is coming back to yourself. Home to me is whatever physical space that allows you to do that. Mm. And there's something so freeing in me acknowledging that for myself. Because it means, essentially, my home can be anywhere as long as it is able to cultivate me, my continual journey towards myself. Mm. Yeah. And have there been certain points in your life where that's really been brought home to you? Or that's become clearer to you? Yeah, whenever I'm somewhere that I'm not, <laughs> that I've been told is home and I'm supposed to identify it as home, but every part of my body doesn't feel settled. Mm. That's mm-hmm. um, being here um, in the space that we're, you know, where we continue to co-create, um, with each other and with the other elements um, really makes me realise just yeah I feel I feel at home here for sure yeah it's beautiful I love that home is a it's almost it's a it's a feeling but it's but it can be a place and that those are connected I think that's the first answer we've had that is kind of it is nebulous in a way but it's also supported by the four walls that we're in I love that I I think that's really beautiful and I mean that brings us to the end of our set questions um thank you for your honesty and openness oh it's so nice it's so nice to reflect in this way actually so thank you what an amazing episode I'm so grateful to Somalia for taking the time to speak to me I loved talking about how a changing environment can impact your creative process, arriving in New York and declaring who the hell you are. It's actually been a bit of a love story to New York this episode and it's definitely made me want to go and experience what it's like as a city and the energy around it. And I also loved talking about the difference in culture moving from London to New York and immediately seeing those differences and the culture of agreeability that exists particularly in London I found that really fascinating if you would like to stay in touch with Somalia which I really recommend you do and you can find her on Instagram at Somalia Seaton and she's currently got um, a new website that is in development so you can find that uh, when it's ready at somaliaseaton.com so keep an eye out for that I have been Amy Meadows, your host, and you can find me at Amy Meadows UK on Instagram. Come and say hello, let me know what you thought of the episode. 
If you are listening to Is This Seat Taken on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me if you could pop a little review in there, if you enjoyed it. It makes a really big difference for new podcasts like this one, and I'd really love to get this into as many people's ears as possible. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Sky Ferguson, PR guru. So make, make sure you're subscribed so you get a little notification when that comes in. And I will see you next week.